All right, friends, welcome to the Everyday Mulemanship Podcast. My name is Ty Evans, and uh, I'm coming to you from Fountain Green, Utah. It's a great day here. Sky and I oh, spent the, most of the day putting cows on the Forest Service permit, helping a, a good friend of mine here in town out with that, and, and uh, saddled up at 5 a.m., and uh, just a dang good day. I, I took this colt I've been starting here. Her name is Hannah. Um, if you guys, uh, those of you that uh, tune into the online video library, you'll probably know who Hannah is. I've got a few videos of her, of her on there, and she did good, and uh, Sky wrote her meal Cupcake, and uh, Cupcake just barely graduated up into the Hackamore, and so that was Sky's second ride out with a Hackamore and, on Cupcake, and uh, everything's looking great. So today is Mule Tip Tuesday, and I got a lot of really good questions for you guys. Um, and a lot of good stuff to talk about. And I want to start off with reading a little uh, little entry from my journal. And this is something I wrote August 24th of last year, which was 2020. And I, a lot of times I write these things down and I remember why I wrote them down. And, and this particular entry, I'm not really sure what was going on in my head, but uh, probably something to do with so many things being specialized nowadays, like, you know, the, all the disciplines are so specialized, um, meaning like, okay, well, this is a reining horse. This is a cow working horse. Uh, you know, this is a trail mule. This is just a pack mule. This is a show mule. This is a Western pleasure mule. This is, you know, and, and there's so many, there's so many specialties and I'm not dogging on the specialties. I think it's really cool to be specialized. I mean, uh, look at, look at me, right? <laughs> I'm, uh, my whole life is specialized. My, my emphasis is on, you know, this buckaroo style of, of mulemanship and horsemanship. And, uh, that's definitely what I specialize in. Right. But, you know, this is what I wrote. I'll read it to you here and, and, uh, let's see what you think. Okay. So I wrote, focus on making the all-around mule, trail, pack, cattle, rope, show, kids, etc. Allow them to be a mule and who they are. Don't get stuck in one thing. There is life beyond the trail and there is life beyond the arena. And, you know, a lot of times people come to the clinics and they'll say, oh, my mule, and, and I always hate when they use the word just, but they say it's just a trail mule. Or when we go out and we do clinics out on the mountain and you know, outside of the arena, people say, oh, my mule's just an arena mule. You know, I think you, everybody ought to be making just a really good all-around mule. I want my mule to be a really good all-around mule. I want them to, I'd like to be able to go work cows on them. I'd like to be able to go on a pack trip. I'd like to be able to take my kids down to, you know, the mule show. Go, I like to go to, you know, like Montana mule days or Hell's Canyon mule days or Bishop or, you know, uh, mule days at Leatherwood or whatever and have my, my mules good enough so that my kids could go show or that I could go show if I wanted to, you know, and, and I think an all around mule, I think it's just really healthy for them. I think it's, it's really good, uh, mentally, physically and relationship wise to, to have your mule be a good all around mule. So I think, you know, I think we all need to be a little bit better at striving to, to make that all around mule, um, and then I kind of like what I wrote there at the end, you know, there's life beyond the trail and there's life beyond the arena, M mainly just meaning don't get so stuck in one thing. You know, I, I don't want my mules to get just so stuck that, oh, they don't, I can, all I can do is go down 
a trail. Maybe I don't want to ride on a trail. Maybe I want to go ride up on that ridge over there. Maybe I want to go, you know, maybe I got to go gather cows down in that little little meadow there. And I, they got to know how to get off the trail and go down through them rocks to get down that meadow or whatever. You know, and, and the same thing in the arena, you know, geez, I, I can't just doing circles, circles, circles out in the arena, you know. Um, and I know some people can do it. I got buddies that rain. And they can do circles all day long and, and I'm not, I'm not dogging on them, but you know, I, I, uh, f- for me, I, I like, I like the variety, you know, and, and I do work on in the arena a lot. I mean, you know, what most of my clinics, you know, 30 plus clinics a year is in the arena, you know, um, but I do those things so that, that I can, you know, I work in the arena so that that handle transfers over to the trail. I work on the on the trail so that my handle transfers to the arena and every everywhere in between. So, anyways, that's my my mule tip uh, for this week is to you know don't forget to build that all around mule if you desire. Maybe you're not into that. Maybe you like to be just specialized in one thing and good for you. Maybe your mule's just a pack mule. Maybe that's what it is. You you just pack but I don't like to use that word just for my meals. My meal is not just a trail meal. My meal is not just an arena meal. My meal is not just a pack meal or just a cow meal. I want the all around meal. So, okay. We got some really good questions here. We're going to jump right into it. And, um, a lot of good topics here. We're, we're going to talk and see what we can get done here. So the first question comes from Jarrett Gibbs. Uh, I was listening to the Gunnison Clinic recap today. You talked about a lady who was bucked off her mule twice during the clinic. Um, and that was actually a, a wonderful young lady named Kate, 13 years old. And yeah, she came off twice. Okay. And he goes on, uh, Jarrett goes on, uh, do you think this mule will always resort to bucking when scared? Uh, how would you go about correcting it? As always, thank you for all you do for the mule community. Well, thank you for the question, Jarrett. And, uh, you know, the, the, the bucking is, is not the problem. The bucking is, is the outcome, the product of the issues, you know, and it's not really, I, you know, I'm not going to go about correcting the bucking problem. I'm, I'm not going to focus on fixing the bucking, but what will help that to fade away is, you know, going through going through the process, taking time, and really getting each piece correct. Um, you know, Kate at the clinic there, she had trouble with just the groundwork with Roscoe. That's, that's the meal that bucked her off twice. She had trouble with just the groundwork. You know, that was not good. Her groundwork was not good. The, the first pieces of her writing were not good. The meal was really tight. So the bucking was just a product of that meal being scared of all the nerves and and all that built up it's no different you know i got um i got a cult here named dally jared i don't know if you know who dally is if you follow the dally diaries i've been doing this year and and the videos on the online video library of dally but you know dally has a lot of buck in her too but it's not that she's she just has this bucking problem it's it's that i got to get all these pieces better now there are some mules absolutely some horses that are way more bronchy than others absolutely i mean you know, Dally, you know, this cold I'm talking about of mine, she is definitely more bronchy than others. Some, some don't have any buck in them. Some have a lot of buck in them. 
but it's not really the bucking that we got to work on. It's not really the bucking that we're going to take time to, to fix, you know, and, and there's all sorts of people that'll do some crazy stuff to get a mule to stop bucking. But, you know, it's, it's all the prep work. That's what's going on. You know, you ask, uh, do you, do you think this mule will always resort to bucking when scared? Um, you know, a lot of them have that in them to where they will, you know, that, that will be their first reaction. They'll, they'll blow up and, and want to, and want to buck and want to take off. And, and, uh, you know, that'll be, that'll be the, the reaction to them being scared or being spooked or whatever. And, and we want to, we want to do a good job of helping them learn how to self-regulate and come off of that and not be so wound up when they, when they get scared, not, not just blow up. And, you know, we do that by small increments. You got to, you know, this kind of goes along with another question we're going to have a little later on um, in the show here, but you got to start small. You got to build small from there. You know, I might just bring up that stress in that mule just a little bit, uh, bring it up to where, you know, there's, there's just enough pressure on that the mule seeks, seeks the answer, finds the answer. And then I can back off and, and offer him that release and just leave him alone. I can, I can ease off. And that's, that's crucial for sure. And doing little pieces like that, just small pieces. And and you need to know how to stay just this side of trouble with, with a mule like this that is prone to buck. Stay this side of trouble because if you can't handle it, then don't push them so far that they actually get into that. And, you know, something I'm learning about Dally too, you know, um, like Dally, Dally really doesn't saddle that great. She's still really tight when I saddle her. And often sometimes she will just, I'll put the saddle on and she'll, she'll want to just buck with just the saddle still. And, you know, I was thinking the other day and, uh, I'm going to do a, a video soon for the Dally Diaries and send it out to everybody on the newsletter. If you're not subscribed to our newsletter, go to our website, tsmules.com and subscribe to our newsletter. And uh, I've been slacking on those the last month, but I'm going to get back to that for sure. But you know, one thing I've learned about Dally is, is I need to, you know, I can't expect her not to buck with me in the saddle if she can't even take just the saddle yet. And there's a point where I thought, well, I can, you know, I can handle it just fine. I can go on just fine. But at this point in my relationship with Dally, it's, it's, it's plain to see that that's not going to work. Just going through it and making it through it and helping her on the other side is, is not good enough for a mule like that. I got to go back to the basics. If you can't just pack a saddle, how's she going to pack me? You know, and I don't want to go for a bronc ride every time. Not that she bucks hard, but I don't, I don't need to go hopping around like a jackrabbit on every ride, you know? Um, so it, it just depends, Jarrett. They're all a little different. Um, this mule that Kate's dealing with that she got bucked off of here at the Gunnison Clinic. And if you guys don't know what we're talking about, go back um, to an episode, uh, one or two episodes ago, and listen to the Gunnison Clinic recap, or debrief, rather. But I, I think Kate will get through just fine with this mule. And, you know, the other thing is people are so quick to judge these mules, the, the mule that Kate got bucked off of was, is a three-year-old, you know, Dally, what I'm dealing with is, is a three-year-old. These are, these are just babies. These are just children in the mule world. Okay. So, you know, don't be so quick to pass judgment on these critters just because they have some issues as a, as cults doesn't mean that they're going to have issues going on. And I, I, I talked about this in one of the Dally diaries where, you know, a lot of people, 
they, they don't even know how their mules bred. You know, they didn't raise their mule. They don't, they couldn't even tell you a true age on it. They'd, they'd be lucky to know a true age. They don't know when that mule's born. They don't know how that mule was started. They don't know what that mule is like because most people are, the average age that the, the most people are buying their mules at is between seven and 12. So that's a, you know, that's a lot of years before you get the mule. Um, there's a lot of history there. And so, you know, that mule that you're riding is just a just a great mule that took you down the trail today that is just brilliant and you just love that mule so much. It might have had some issues back when it was two and three and four. You don't know. Maybe you do know, but but a lot of people don't. And so my point is is just don't be so quick to pass judgment on these youngsters. They're just babies. They're just babies. So thanks for that question, Jarrett. I appreciate it. Okay, the next question comes from Allie Brooks. Hey, Ty, Meal Tip Tuesday question. I have a young five or six-year-old Greenbroke John Mule. I've been working with him for a few months now, and he's doing pretty good. We do have an issue on our trails when it comes to tall grass or mud. There's no way around these areas. Sometimes he gets panicked and extremely hesitant to step into the grass um, or go through the mud. I'm trying to avoid a fight with him, but there's been times where he flat out refuses to cross. Our trails are in pretty thick woods down in Texas, so the Johnson grass gets up to be uh, four to six foot tall in some places. What can I do to get him more comfortable with this and continue avoiding fighting with him? He will totally blow off seat and leg cues when it comes to this. The time I am able to get him into the grass, he won't stop trying to eat it. You know, that's that's annoying, isn't it? Um, if I can get him into the mud, he shifts his weight forward and tenses up while standing at the mud before freaking out and getting out of there. Okay, Allie, uh, a few things here. Number one, do your best just outside of your trail rides. When you're at home, when you, you're out riding in the pasture, you're out riding in your arena, you're riding in your backyard, whatever it is, but really turn up the handle on this mule. Get, get to where those legs mean more. And that doesn't mean use your legs more. See, a lot of people will, will, you know, they'll take it to the extreme. I say, you know, you need to get that leg in that seat better. And so they do more of it. That's not going to help it get better. You need to get it. You need to get the mule to where they're more responsive to it. That means maybe you got to get in there. And the instant that they try to respond to, to that leg or that seat, you get out and you reward them for it. But anytime you're riding outside of this situation, Allie, I would really be working on getting this mule more handy. You know, these situations are basically kind of like little report cards for you. They kind of tell you how how well you were doing at these things. So when you get to that grass and that mud spots and that mule is no longer with you, no longer uh, listening to your legs, your seat, and whatever, take note, pay attention. Notice which way they push. Notice, notice which leg they're not responding to or which leg they're leaning into pay attention to those things um that way when you go home you can continue working at it now in the sit in the situation um you know there's some things you can do i want to make it easier for that meal to go into the grass or the mud so if you have the time which i suggest you take the time work around that grass and that mud on the outside of it work work around it and and not i'm not saying like hustle the mule or like get after the mule i'm just saying be busier outside of that 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 spot and then make that spot really desirable so instead of making them go to that spot making them go through that spot make around that spot less desirable and make that grass and that mud 
the most comfortable place to be. So you got to kind of set it up that way where your mind is working like that. I'm trying to think whenever my mule's scared, I, I instantly go into, okay, how can I make that spot the easiest place for my mule to be? How can I make that the best place to be? You know, when I have that attitude, I'm trying to develop that attitude rather where, you know, I, I'm thinking of it that way rather than, oh, you son of a buck, you got to get in there. The other thing I do, Allie, if you have the ability to do it, uh, is pony this mule through this kind of stuff, you know. Um, you know, ride ride a good mule or a good horse or whatever you got and pony pony this mule through through this grass and this mud till they get familiar. I like to do that with all my youngsters if I can, you know. Um in regards to the eating, you know, that's that is totally instinctual right there. He's eating he's eating just purely off the instinct. You know, when they get a little scared like that, they kind of click over to the instinctual side of their mind. They're not really thinking really a lot and they will really try to eat uh, when they're on the instinct. You know, when they're thinking, they're they're more with you for sure. And and they they might do this. Uh they might be totally comfortable on the instinct. You see, I've seen meals. I mean, I, I've been on a million meals like this, I swear, where they're flopping their ears and they'll try to eat on the trail. You know, it, it, they're totally happy and comfortable. It's not that they're stressed, but they are on instinct. They're not really thinking. But when the mule is thinking and engaged, rarely do they try to eat in that moment. So anyways, thanks for the question Allie let me know what you think of that answer um and keep up the good work but those are a few suggestions for you hopefully they help you okay all right uh, next question is from miss kate vassal uh, kate's question is regarding uh, my answer to last week's meal tip tuesday on improving the backup um I recall in the past you recommending getting a soft feel, then taking the legs off with weight in the stirrups, then leaning back slightly. At Gunnison and last week's podcast, you said to lean forward. Is this due to you having learned a better way, or is it my memory, or is my memory incorrect from your 2020 Everyday Mealmanship Challenge video? Okay, Kate, that is an excellent question. So I actually just learned this technique in the past year, um, and I and I basically what I would recommend on a mule that's really challenging to back up. Now, I don't, not on all of them, but if they're challenging to back up and, and they're really just super, super sticky, for one, I go back to my lateral work and get that better. My lateral work will always improve my backup. The better I can move one foot at a time, the better I can move all four feet at a time. So, number one, I go back to the lateral work. But number two, in the backup, instead of leaning back, I, I do the same thing. I'll pick up a soft feel. I'll get my legs off of the mule. But this time I, I lean forward a little bit. And that gets my weight off of their their back, off of their spine, off of their kidneys a little bit. And a little bit more forward on the, on kind of towards their wither and their shoulders a little bit. And they seem to kind of open up in the hind end and really pull with it uh, when I do that. Um, now there's plenty of them that I can just pick up a soft feel get my legs off and just shift my shoulders back a little bit and they'll back up just fine. But I actually learned this little technique from Martin Black, um, listening to him and, and, uh, following him a little bit on some of the things. And I, you know, he mentioned that with a, with a horse that was a little sticky on backing up. And so I got a mule here that's a little sticky that way. And I kind of tried it and I said, Oh man, that kind of, you know, that worked pretty decent. They kind of found a way there. So yes, 
Kate, it is new. Um, it's not an instead of, it's a also. So, you know, it's good to have a whole bunch of tools in your toolbox, friends. Um, you know, on all these different techniques and methods and, and uh, you know, maneuvers and whatever. It, it's good to have a whole bunch of them in your toolbox. And, and there's a million of them. There's lots of ways to do these things. Um, you know, but it all goes back to the mind. If, if you got a good mind on the animal and they're, and they're willing and they're thinking, they'll find whatever it is you want them to do. So, yeah, Kate, sorry to confuse you there. It's just another tool in the toolbox. It's another way uh, to, to teach the backup if your mule is is a little heavy in the hindquarters. Uh, when I'm backing up, I want them light in the hinds and, and pulling from the hinds there. So, uh, good question, Kate. Let me know what you think. Okay, friends, we're going to take a quick break right now and thank a few of our sponsors, and we'll be right back in just a moment. Okay, friends, we got a new sponsor to recognize. Uh, I want to thank my friend Scott Nichols for sponsoring this episode, and he is uh, representing the Backcountry Horsemen of Idaho. Uh, really grateful for this sponsorship. Um, you know, Backcountry Horsemen everywhere uh, does a lot to, uh, you know, to maintain equine access to our public lands. And, you know, we can thank them for keeping trails open, uh, helping to maintain trails. They do a lot of service. And uh, if you'd like, go to www.bchi.org and purchase one of their 2021 calendars uh, and join the Backcountry Horsemen of Idaho. But these, when you purchase one of these calendars, uh, the proceeds go to help this trail maintenance and uh, promote equine use of our trails, our public trails. So thank you, Scott Nichols and Backcountry Horsemen of Idaho. Very grateful for you. Hey, we want to thank our sponsors, Western Mule Magazine. Ben and Anita Tennyson do a amazing job with their magazine. I've been writing for them for a few years now and uh, they're great. Look up Western Mule Magazine dot com and check them out hey want to jump on here real quick and give a big shout out to my buddy colton airing um, if you're looking for a good custom built saddle that fits mules and fits you you need to check out colt salary you find him on facebook colt salary and uh, tell him ty sent you he will take good care of you Okay, friends, we're back with Mule Tip Tuesday. Again, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Um, the next question comes from Deed Running Bear. Would a mule's previous anxieties built up with a different rider carry on to the next ride with her trusted owner? Uh, she just got her, and so she's, she's got this in quotes here. She just got her mule back from uh, after some time with another person and had a lot of trouble on the trail with seemingly out of the blue reactions as the mule seemed to be perfectly relaxed before the trouble hit okay so yes absolutely indeed um yeah the the they don't that anxiety just stays with them and and uh you know until they can learn to kind of self-regulate and really let that pressure out uh, some of these mules just 
pack it on, pack it on, and it just builds and builds and builds, and they carry it. <clears throat> you know, there's a, a a lot of times people will be going down the trail, and 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 it's kind of like what you're just what you're asking me here. Uh, they'll go down the trail and they they said uh, you know it's kind of out of the blue the, these mules have these reactions. It, it's just kind of out of the clear blue. It it doesn't seem like it it comes from anywhere. You know. Noticing the small things, being aware. A lot of people just get on their mules and they just pound miles down the trail and they don't pay attention to that mule at all. But one thing I've noticed that every good mule, muleman, horseman, whatever, has is, is awareness. This awareness is probably the most important thing I think you need, the most important element you need in mulemanship for sure, is being aware of what the mule is doing. Now what happens a lot of times, Deed, is you know, we'll be going down the trail and the mule will just kind of look at that rock, but they don't spook. They don't jump. They don't lean on you. They don't like, you know, you don't really notice it, but they kind of look at that rock with a crooked ear and you just ride on and you go down. Now, now they look at that stump on the other side with a crooked ear and, and they're seeing these scary rocks and these scary stumps and these scary sticks and these scary pine cones, you know, and, and they're seeing all these things and it's building and building. And then all of a sudden something is a little much for them. And they got all this anxiety built up and they haven't let it go. They've been packing around these, these spooks with them. And then finally they see that, you know, the, you know, the, the dreaded Walmart bag blowing in the wind and boom. And they, it's a, it's a, it's a six foot jump and you have a six foot thump <laughs> down to the ground. You go and you're like, geez, out of the clear blue, my mule dumped me off. No. It wasn't out of the clear blue. It's it's building up. Now, being aware of these things, this is the hard part. Um, a lot of people just check out when they ride, and and they just kind of go for the dude ride. And, and I don't recommend that just for one of these, just for this reason right here. You know, your, your mule needed some help. This mule needed a little help um, long before this trouble hit. So I don't really think there's anything out of the clear blue, but I think there's things we don't notice that we need to notice that build up to these moments. Um, now definitely some mules are more reactionary than others. Absolutely. There's some mules that, you know, they just have little, little spooks and little scares. They're a little, little more confident. And there's other mules that are just, I mean, it's all big. It's, it's all dr dramatic. So, uh, but yes, if, if, you know, somebody else was riding them and they always rode them with some anxiety and, and they always got them a little scared then. You know, yeah, it, does, it doesn't matter just because you put another rider on it, you know. Um, but I also think that this anxiety stuff, it's carried with them a long time. You know, it, it, it's also carried in the human. You, you can you can bring that to the table for sure. You know, a, a lot of people say, you know, I just had a bad day at work. I'd love to go spend some time with my mule. And I say, don't, don't do that. That's a bad idea. If you're having a bad day at work, don't go take that garbage out to your mule and dump it on them because they don't have the ability to reason like you and I do. You and I, you could come to me and you say, man, I had a, had a bad day at work. And I'd be like, Oh, I'm sorry. You know, that's too bad. Let's, let, let's, let's, uh, let's talk about this or let, let's, uh, you know, let's, let's think about this or, uh, you know, we, we could try to change the mood when you go to the mule and you had that bad day at work or that bad w moment or whatever, you just bring that anxiety, that tension, and they just feel that. They feel it, and they don't have the ability to reason that you, because you had a bad day at work, this is why you feel that way. In their mind, uh-oh, 
there's trouble. Why do you feel you, you feel this way? You know what? It, it must be their their mind goes to instant danger, right? It's discomfort to them, and they want to seek comfort. So so you know, sometimes people can bring that. You know, your your ride starts way before you get to the barn. Your ride starts way before you get to that barn. How you feel that day? You know, hours before, days before, weeks before, months before. It all makes a difference in your ride for sure. So that might be part of it. I don't know the rest of the story here, what's going on here, but, but, uh, yeah, the answer to your question is, is yes. Uh, Emil's pre, you know, previous anxieties built up with a different rider. Yeah. They can carry on to the next rider for sure. Good question, Deed. Let me know what you think of that. Appreciate you writing in. All right. Daniel Swafford writes, I have a mule that won't stand still while tied or on its back, like when we stopped to visit on the trail. I'm not sure how to fix this problem. All right, Daniel, first suggestion I'll give you is the better you can move a foot, the better you can stop a foot. So, you know, uh, standing tied, standing still while, while you're on it, standing still to saddle, all these things that are all related here. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be working on getting this mule's mind comfortable. I'm going to do that through through basically going through the checklist like we teach. You know, um, you know the stops, the, the standing still begins way, way back to catching with quality. How does the mule catch? You know, when I go out there to catch the mule, I want to be able to stand there on the left, bend the mule's head around to the left a little bit, some lateral flexion. It should stand there nicely for me to, to catch. Okay, then it should stand still while I brush. And if I if I can't stand still, if I can't get the mule to stand still while I'm brushing it, then how's it going to stand still when I saddle and when I get on and when I want to stop and when I'm doing my groundwork and all these things, you know? So I I I'm going to get that mule to where it'll stand still while I brush it. You know, I'm going to get that mule to stand still to put the saddle on, and then I'm going to you know through the groundwork. The very first step in the groundwork is clearing the front. You know, you send that mule one way or the other. And then you, you integrate your stops in there. You quit, and the mule should quit. So so the mule's not really with with you, Daniel, on this, if, if they're not standing still for all these things. The mule is just being an equine. It's just being a mule, and it, it's just going to do and go where it thinks it needs to go. All right? So when I'm on its back, okay, if I've done a – and this is if I've done a pretty poor job on the groundwork um, – this is kind of some stuff that will happen is that mule won't want to stand still very much. So if I, if I've done kind of that poor job on the groundwork for one, I'm going to take note, Oh, I need to get that better on the ground, you know, and I got a coat like that right now that I'm working that, that she needs to get better about, um, just standing still on the ground. Um, because she doesn't stand still very good in the saddle either. It's just totally related for sure. So I'm going to take note of that first thing, Daniel. Then when I want to stand there, basically it's, it's the very first step when I get in the saddle. See, I step up in the saddle, they should stand still to mount. If they go to walk off, I'm going to pick up on the left rein or the right rein, one or the other, definitely not both. And I'm just going to let that mule waller around in a circle until they stop their feet and they soften in the rein, and I'm going to release. When I release, if they walk off again, well, hey, they got two sides, so I'm going to pick up the other rein maybe, and I'll wait till they stop their feet and flex. And I'll release again. I'm, I'm going to continue that until they can just stand there. Then, if you know, once I've completed that, I'm going to start going through my movements. Remember, I mentioned the better you can move a foot, the better you can stop a foot. So if this mule wants to move, Daniel, you say, my goodness, 
thank you so much, Mule, for this opportunity to move your feet today and to get you a little handier. I really appreciate this opportunity. So, Daniel, I would go through and I'd start rolling the hind, rolling the front, and I'd do, I'd do as, as many as I could. I'd do hundreds of them if I could, and I'd move that mule until those moves develop with some softness and some lightness, until you can do some of those moves on a looser rein and they're a little bit better. This might cost you a half hour of movement. Okay, I'm serious about that. It might take you a little time, but be grateful for it. You know, it's like that attitude of gratitude that, that uh, you know, we talk about, right, is, hey, thank you for the opportunity, Mule. We're going to get good. So, you know, when you're stopped, there's only a, a few things you can work on at the stop. But when you're moving, Daniel, you can do so many things. So I'm going to move that mule. I'm going to get that mule to where it's handy. And then when it's showing some promise that it's ready to stop, I will offer it a chance to stop. The other thing that a lot of people do is, is we'll pull them into a stop. We'll, we'll kind of make them stop. That is not a good stop. That's not a true stop. You, you get them stopped with your seat, then they'll stand for you. If you can't stop them with your, with your seat, they ain't ready to stop anyways. So you might as well just go on again. A lot of people just pull on them to stop them. So go through that process, all that lateral, lateral work, and that'll really build this nice stop for you, and, and they'll wait for you. So use the opportunities when they come up, Daniel. And if, you, if you're not sure, on our video library, we have you know our, our mulemanship in the saddle stuff, and we have our groundwork stuff. You can go watch those different collections and see how we build this stop all the way from the beginning. All the groundwork, the stop is, 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 is developed way down there in its infancy in the groundwork and it comes to pass really nicely in the saddle if you go through those steps and you take the time it takes to get each step better every time okay thanks for the question daniel okay our last question today comes from uh, miss dasha baldwin when do you go from trying to build a relationship to getting to work from what I know from previous owners, my mule does better when she's worked. Right now, we have been doing mostly groundwork, and I think she either shuts down or gets bored. I really work hard on being calm and releasing the pressure. She is broke to ride. Should I just get on and get to work? I keep thinking the groundwork needs to be 100% before moving on. Okay, Stasha. This is a awesome question here. Like, this is thoughtful right here. I really appreciate you writing in about this. You know, building a relationship is extremely important, and I, I, I need this. My mules are not just tools to be used to get me to the lake, uh, to get me down the trail, to get to move my cows. For, for me, they're not just tools. They're definitely my friends, and I treat them as such, and I want a relationship there. But, you know, I build that relationship, Stasha, through the work that I do, you know, if, if you just kind of poke around all the time and I'm not saying, you know, not to take the time that you need to, 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 to just be calm and be with them. But if, if all we ever do is just sit out there with them and you're not doing this, but if we just sit out there with them and, and we don't ever ask any questions, they don't have any opportunity to engage the thinking side of their mind and to seek for answers and to get the right answer and for you to offer them a chance to uh, down-regulate and come off of that small bit of anxiety. So basically, I build my relationships in this manner. I go out 
and I start by asking small questions, and they are always yes questions, by the way. I think, a, you know, asking your mule yes questions is just critical. Ask them things that they can say yes to. And I start there. So I put a little, put a little question in there. And it might bring up just a little amount of anxiety in the mule, Stasha. They, they might get just a little, just a little worried. And they just worried enough that they need to seek comfort. So they're a little uncomfortable. Now, you got to be careful with how much anxiety you, you, you drop in this bucket. Because if it's too much, it's going to overflow and you're not going to like those reactions. So you got to ask questions that they that they are engaged with, but also that they can't answer, okay? Now, I ask those questions. When they find the answer, I back off. I leave them alone, and I let them find that release. I let them self-regulate or rather down-regulate so they learn how to self-regulate and come off of that. And that's kind of when you get the licking and chewing and dropping their head and blinking their eyes and relaxing their tail and relaxing their ears and relaxing at the wither. I mean, all these little things that come along with that. I'm going to let them find that. And I'm going to continue this process. And and over time, this mule will really enjoy being with me because it enjoys the way it, it feels after I ask it a question. It, they will get to where they do enjoy that mental engagement. So I think the relationship is built through the, quote, work. <laughs> so, and I don't really, don't think of it as work too much. Uh, just think of it as, as, as a process, you know, we're going to build a relationship through this process. And no, your groundwork does not need to be a hundred percent. None of this stuff needs to be a hundred percent. And also, I don't think, I don't think we can get a hundred percent. I mean, I've, I've never been a hundred percent on any of this stuff. My goal is not to have these things perfect, but better. I want it to be better. If it's better, I know my mule has a better understanding of what I'm trying to get done. So every day I'm going to work through these things and I'm, I'm just cruising up this checklist. And as I cruise up the checklist, I want each piece to be better, not perfect, not hundred percent. I just want it better. And, um, you know, every day I'll get a little further down the line of that checklist. I'll build my relationship a little bit more. Um, and I want to build confidence. And, and this is really easy to talk about. This is this is harder to do, obviously. You know, we can talk about this stuff all day. You guys can watch videos and listen to podcasts and read books all day. But you got to get out there and work on these things. And you got to mess up. You got to get there and mess up a little bit so you know how you can be better tomorrow. And, um, you know, over a period of time, that relationship will come. Uh, but sometimes I see people tiptoeing too much. Um and in my culture, we call it stealing a ride. And they'll use it like, oh, I'm just building a relationship. I'm just taking it easy to build a relationship. That's great. But, you know, when you tiptoe around things and you don't really engage them and, you know, Tom, Tom Dornish talked about, uh, you know, this whole thing as, as mixing a cocktail. Now, those of you that know me, I don't know anything about cocktails. <laughs> I, don't, I don't drink. I don't know anything about that stuff. But basically, he talked about, Mixing things just right, mixing that potion just right, just so that mule, that horse, will seek an answer and they'll seek that engagement and and they'll find that interest. You know, it's kind of like you, you can liken it unto us working out a little bit. You know, when you're exercising, you, you kind of have to stress those muscles 
And as you stress those muscles and then you let them come off of that or heal, right? Your, your muscles will build and you'll increase your endurance and, and you know, your strength and all these things, right? It's the same thing kind of with, with the mind of the mule. You know, you, you put just a little anxiety, just a little in there to where they want to seek that answer. They're looking for comfort because they're just a little uncomfortable. And you give them that answer. You get that yes, and you leave them alone. This is how you build a relationship in, in, in my experience. So that's an excellent question, Stasha. Just excellent. So all of you that, that sent in questions, I really appreciate you guys. I'd love to hear from all of you. Let me know what you think of this week's Mule Tip Tuesday. And uh, if you have questions, if any of you guys have questions, feel free to send me an email, ty at tsmules.com, and put in the subject, question for Mule Tip Tuesday, and we will be happy to answer these things for you on uh, on Mule Tip Tuesday. So um, if I could ask a favor of you, those of you specifically that listen on Apple Podcasts, if you would be so kind as to leave a five-star rating and write me a review. Let me know what you think. Tell me your favorite podcast episode. I'd love to hear from you guys. And uh, the rest of you listening on any of the other podcast platforms, you know, if you'd, if you'd uh, like to send an email, let me know what you think of these podcasts. I'd love to hear from you too. So uh, until next time, friends, God bless you, and we will see you down the road.